Hi, everyone. It's Nika, the founder of Urban Remedy, welcoming you to the You Are Love podcast, inspiring health through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. Good day, everyone. Today, we have Shrankla Holacek, who I am very, very happy to be speaking with today. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner and the founder of the amazing brand Uma. And so I'd love to dive deep into Ayurveda and how you started. And I'd love to learn um, about your history and your farm in India. Um, And there's so many other things. I know you do a lot of work with women in India, so I'd love to learn more about that. So welcome so much. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Nika. Very excited to be here. So why don't we start by, you know, your your founder story? Like, how did Uma come about? Uh, Nika, that's a great question because it does make me explore both sort of the right brain and the left part of my brain a little bit. Uh, I am an engineer by education and management consultant and, you know, all my MBA training and all of that taught me to review facts and come up with assumptions and conclusions based on that. But I would be remiss if I didn't accept that I think part of UMA and everything that it represents and aspires to represent is definitely a familial thing and something that I almost maybe was born with, with generations of some innate draw to the cause and the practice of Ayurveda. As much as over the years, I have embraced it as a a very, very functional lifestyle enhancing uh, practice of medicine, as well as a way of being and eating and exercising and meditating. So really, in many ways, I think it has been a culmination of uh, generations of work that my family put in and that manifested in some ways in uh, my being, as well as my analyses of Ayurveda through the lens of uh, analysis, data, and the impact slash results it drives in people's lives that led me to founding UMA. That's so interesting because um, I practice Chinese medicine, which is so similar to Ayurveda, and I love Ayurvedic medicine. And um, when I was studying Chinese medicine, I felt like I almost had to relearn, you know, the way I thought of the body and the way that I was taught and grew up like with the Western medicine model, like this is what the liver does and this is what the gallbladder and the kidneys do and just learning, you know, this new way. So it's really interesting um, that you have, you have such an interesting balance of like you were saying, it's almost like the yin and the yang. It's like those two opposites of like business and analysis. And then there's just like this deep wisdom and beauty of Ayurveda, you know, which is about living in harmony with nature. And, and that's really interesting that you, you have those two sides to the coin. Gosh, I hope so. Because especially because I should say rather, Ayurveda lays such an emphasis on balance and practicality that it does not live or thrive in the absence of balance. And to me, balance is moderation. Moderation in turn is about uh, analyzing the quality of your life in the environment it lives in. 
which is why Ayurveda has appeal because it does not ask you to give up everything that you do. It's not about stringent diets and it's not about meditating 10 hours a day. It's very much about living a full life within the context of the life you live. Mm-hmm. Do what you can and don't stress about the stuff you can't. And it gives you very practical ways from five minutes to 25 minutes. Whatever you can squeeze in is perfect and find joy in that, which is what has meaning and resonance about Ayurveda um, as a practice. It absolutely lays no judgment on anybody, which is just so refreshing. Yeah, I love that. And for, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are not familiar with Ayurveda. Can you give us kind of a a brief intro into Ayurvedic medicine and how you would describe it to somebody who really hasn't been exposed to it? Fortunately, I'm uh, trying to get used to sort of packing in five, 7,000 years of right. scripture <laughs> and practice into a quick uh, purview, uh, realizing that uh, the practice and the meaning gets deeper and deeper as you immerse yourself into it. Because Ayurveda is also one thing to one person and quite another to another. And in there lies its beauty. But first and foremost, Ayurveda is simply put the science of life. It gives you practical and uh, actionable insight into living the best life you can with the devices you have been given. So there is a an element of practical tools you will apply, such as how you eat your meals. What does your morning look like? What are some of the cool things you can do in your morning that may require only three minutes of your time, but set up the rest 13 hours of your working day for success? But the second cool portion about it is tailoring to understanding your own body and your own mind and your own practices which is the idea of the doshas, which starts to become a little bit more complex, but very, very cool when you start to understand your own dosha. So you start to realize what works for one person will be different from what works for you. And in knowing ourselves, we start to build a life that truly expresses not only our individuality, but fills our cup with with wonderful, meaningful, and wholesome things that we can do for ourselves, whether it's tailoring your yoga and meditation practice, as well as uh, finding what foods and liquids and at what temperature should be put into your body to really thrive and be the best version of yourself you can be. I love that. And and that's where it's so similar to Chinese medicine. So I think the one thing I forgot to mention is that Ayurveda is one of the first medicines that's been practiced in India for thousands and thousands of years. And similar to Chinese medicine, you know, you look at the individual's constitution and based on their constitution, like you said, make recommendations to keep that person in harmony or in balance. And, um, I love, you know, years ago, I was able to do a a very small course with this woman, Pratichi, and I can't remember her last name, 
but I got to do the whole cle- the Ayurvedic cleansing practice, which, what is it called? The a- Panchakarma? Um, yes, I got to do a Panchakarma. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. And it was such an amazing and beautiful experience the way Ayurveda brings in like the most amazing oils and touching the body in such a beautiful, like sensual healing way and the massage and the f- beautiful warming you know, food. And it was just one of the most amazing experiences I ever had. So I have so much respect for, um, for the medicine. It's such a tactile, just like there's so much beauty and color um, in it. When I think about it, it's really incredible. You're exactly right in that it touches almost every sense and feeling, which is what makes it uh, beautiful and also in so many ways sticking and intuitive in Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you touched on Chinese medicine and the wisdom that goes back to so many hundreds and, you know, thousands of years of the human experience. What is sad in some ways about the world we live in today while having lots and lots of positives you know we have antibiotics for infection and so uh, so forth but uh, I think we have become a little more disconnected with nature Mm -hmm. which leads a little bit more to having to rely on things such as antibiotics because we're getting more frequent in, uh, infections. We are less able to practice preventative medicine because we've lost some of the cues that nature provides us about health, well-being, as well as you know mental and emotional balance that pushes us and pushes us because we're not so close to the natural way of being at large, which fortunately we can turn to sciences like Chinese medicine and Ayurveda because they were created and formed and formulated at a time when human beings did have the privilege of being very close to nature and analyzing it for its sheer raw power of protection, healing, nurturing. And I think that's why these forms of medicine are even more meaningful today than they were back then. Definitely. I mean, I've been doing a couple um, other, my most recent podcasts, we've been talking about that, not in the relation necessarily to Ayurveda or Chinese medicine, but just like, you know, everybody has so much fear right now. And what are the things that you can do to get yourself in balance? And in my opinion, the most important things are what you just said. It's like, getting back to nature, like going in the sunshine, sitting by the ocean, sitting in a meadow of trees and, you know, drinking clean water. It's like all of these basic things that we take for granted are really some of the most healing things that we can do for ourselves, eating with the seasons, you know, going to sleep when the sun goes down and waking up when the sun rises. It's like all of these things. It's like, you know, how do we get our bodies back in sync with nature? And that's, that's so important. And with that, I would love to learn more about your farm in India. Great question. Another one of those that uh, I I wonder where to start because, you know, it's one of those conversations that I could have for hours. But uh, but maybe, you know, um, going backward would be uh, more interesting. So, Nika, as you know, for about 50 years or 70 years, my family has been the world's or among the world's most foremost producer of essential oils. So as a business, we create these potent, 
beautiful, fragrant, distilled essential oils that are made from tons and tons of entirely natural and organic raw materials that undergo a very scientific extraction process to basically distill them down to their essence. And that's why the term essential oil um, is coined for a very concentrated elixir that takes in a lot of raw materials and basically distills a plant down to concentrated smells, to concentrated uh, feels. And in many cases, also the power of healing gets distilled down to small portions so that they are more easily used in um, both fragrance as well as holistic medicine and skincare. And uh, all of that actually developed from hundreds of years of farming of botanicals that my parents and my grandparents and then my great-great-great-grandparents did as the stewards of Ayurvedic medicine and healing botanicals as the royal family's family physicians. So that's incredible. I love that story. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. It's a uh, part a labor of love and part, uh, you know, uh, uh, a duty to very, very stringent rules and expectations of keeping the health and well-being of uh, hundreds and thousands and millions of people in the kingdom as it was before the uh, British occupation, uh, vibrant and uh, and everything from, you know, productive to happy to emotionally balanced. And it definitely required a deep study of the Ayurvedic scriptures, but also ensuring that botanically we created the most perfect and uh, harvested uh, the most well-loved and superior crops to create the medication and the beauty elixirs that got the impact and harnessed the power of Ayurvedic medicine. So it was, you know, a uh, uh, one-two punch of not only having amazing, pristine formulas, but also ensuring that they were going into, into botanicals that were just totally top-notch so that they could get the results that uh, they were intended to have. And over the years, my family refined, perfected, and responded to the changes in the environment, changes in the soil, to continue to produce very potent and powerful botanicals that always do what they claim to do. So this generational expertise and scientific know-how is as much part of our heritage as is the Ayurvedic scripture and sort of the textbook knowledge of what to do with these formulas mm, and wow. these elixirs. That's so amazing. And where in India is the, is do you grow all of these herbs? So... 90% of our farms are now in central India around Chhattisgarh. It's a central sort of temperate. You know, when I say temperate in the context of India, it's still very, very hot, but less hot and dry than sort of some northern parts of India that get up to several hundred, you know, um, uh, not several hundred, but definitely into... 120, 125 uh, Fahrenheit in India, wow. which we're used to Celsius. Yeah. So um, Chhattisgarh gets more 
rain, the soil is more conducive, as well as the temperature, while will still go up to 9,500, doesn't quite get as dry as more up north. So over the last few decades, a lot of our farms have become more concentrated there. But nice. even in those areas, we have had farms that have been in the family for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's pretty cool. That's so incredible. God, if I ever go to India, I definitely would love to visit your farms. You absolutely Someday. must. And then I was reading about the work that you do with women um, related to the farming. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. And maybe I can take half a step back about Ayurveda and its emphasis on balance and its emphasis on multifaceted balance, which begins with you, you know, sort of health and well-being come from a balance in your body by balancing, you know, what you put into it, foods and then emotional balance. But it extends out to the world at large and the environment and community. And that is why we feel strongly that we can't call ourselves an Ayurvedic brand if we didn't care for the balance in the communities we operate in. And by that, I mean, are the communities taken care of? Are they fulfilled? Are they eating well? Are their medical needs taken care of? Are their domestic and familial needs taken care of? And that is why our emphasis on the ecosystem and maintaining its vibrance through support of it comes from. A lot of women in uh, our community and uh, India in general, but rural communities in particular, do not receive equal education as men. So very often they end up subjugated to male figures in their lives because they are not independent and accordingly end up living lives that are not, not supportive of the universal balance of equality. And therefore, we felt that it is critical to invest and put forth um, employment, vocational education, pension funds, education for their children, childcare, all of these things in the community so women can feel an equal part and enrich the balance that the world needs to survive at large. And uh, because women in India have live in a unique set of circumstances, we have to think holistically about that. And some of the plans and principles such as childcare or providing meals uh, in at working locations are necessary because in India, women are expected to cook the meals for the family. And often they can't come to work if they have to do that all day. And they are solely responsible for childcare. A man is um, loath to do any childcare work because there is sort of, especially in rural India, the thinking that it marginalizes his machoism somehow. So essentially what we have done is created structures to support women with those things while we change mindsets and behaviors systematically generation after generation. And they are changing. We're very, very uh, grateful for our community's response back to those things and in accepting women coming to work every day for seeing themselves as equal parts of the household. 
but um, it is just all things said and done our way of giving back what uh, they provide us in manifold ways in terms of the care, the genuine love that they put into our business and truly creating what we believe to be the most exceptional ingredients and products in the world. I love that. And that's so important. And I feel like we have a little synergy there. I feel, you know, we obviously have two very different businesses, but I always, you know, when I started Urban Remedy in the beginning, we would all be making the food in the kitchen. And I would always say to everybody, and I still, you know, do this to this day, is like, when we're, we're making this beautiful, healthy food that's all organic, that was grown on these beautiful farms. And when we make the food, let's make it with love. Like really, you know, put your love into this food and your intention. And it, it's so meaningful. And I talk to my staff a lot because they feel so good about what they're creating and offering people. And even in their own lives, seeing how, you know, their families getting healthier or their themselves are getting healthier or losing excess weight or lowering their sugars. And, and it's such a gift to be able to work with people that hold the same intention and integrity as you do. And I think it's one of the, um, you know, most amazing things about having a business that's doing good in the world. And that's high integrity. You guys sound like you should be a certified B corporation. You should Think about that. That you definitely have a lot of the qualities of, of a certified B corporation. Uh, you know, there's some elements that uh, we've just not looked into, in part because a lot of our farms and, uh, or rather, all of our farms are in India. With the, uh, there's nothing in the yeah. United States. We do have a farm in. Uh, in France and one in Egypt for lavender and frankincense. But aside of that, because the majority of our operations do happen in India, some of the American systems of uh, certification is just something we've not looked at um, uh, quite uh, very much, but uh, but certainly a good push. Yeah, and it's also expensive. I mean, there's I've spoken to so many farmers. I actually did an interview um, with somebody who does fair trade spices, and he was telling me about this amazing farmer in India who was a doctor who... Um, wanted to just grow the most beautiful, amazing turmeric that was very clean and free of pesticides and GMOs and, you know, on this clean soil. And um, he was saying, well, he can't afford to certify it organic, but it's beyond organic. It's like grown in the most amazing way. And so there's a lot of farmers out there who, you know, aren't certified organic, but who are growing things at like a, a higher level than even organic. You know, everything that you're saying and, and the story that you're telling about your life and, and your brand, you know, is really the basis of why I chose to include Uma in the picks that we're selling at Urban Remedy. Um, and so I love that you're a woman founder and that you work with women and just your whole vision is so amazing um, and your relationship to Ayurveda and nature. But let's talk about the items that we're starting out with that we're selling at Urban Remedy so people maybe can understand from your perspective um, the benefits. So we have the tongue scraper and we have the oil pulling, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite products. And then we have the body brush for the lymphatic drainage and then the most amazing self-massage oil. 
which I, it smells, I mean, it is so divine. Oh, I love that. So um, with those products, can you talk to our customers a little bit about those the benefits of using these items and maybe how to incorporate them into their um, daily ritual from your perspective of an Ayurvedic practitioner? So Nika, I'll start with going back to something that you mentioned earlier and that absolutely is one of the cornerstones of not just the practice of Ayurvedic medicine, but also very often the first way people get introduced to Ayurveda in a very profound way, the concept of panchakarma. And while Ayurveda preaches every day that you can do so many things to take care of yourself, very often our lives get in the way. And just like very many people talk about, you know, how sometimes a traumatic life experience, such as an illness or a cancer, brought them back to founding principles of what their life should be. Panchakarma becomes that for a lot of people. They're frustrated. They're, you know, either having mad allergies asthma eczema they can't get under control or um, issues with their back things all sorts of ailments that they can't find help in the west with and they eventually decide to see an ayurvedic doctor and the ayurvedic doctor puts them on panchakarma which is very very um fulfilling as a ritual but also very intense you know you're mm -hmm. going through seven days of intense massaging a very limited diet plan you are in india you would you know even experience things like therapeutic vomiting and uh, uh medicated uh uh smoking and everything that gets your body rid of what toxins in a long-winded way, what I'm coming to is in Ayurveda, the thing that you work towards fighting every day comes down to one basic principle. Don't build toxins in your body. Toxins or AMA, A-M-A, is the root cause of every disease in the body. And what I love about our lineup uh, in launch is that these are beautiful, experiential, and daily ways of actually getting rid of those toxins from all over your body, which is why this is the foundation of Ayurveda that we are introducing uh, via our launch to everybody. And people should view this not only as a beautiful practice that keeps them thriving and healthy on a daily basis, but also as an invitation to engage in a deeper way with Ayurveda and their whole body. So to unpack each thing, um, first, oral hygiene. People undermine hugely how important oral hygiene and how many Bad bacteria can live beyond just bad breath bacteria in the mouth. As an example, take the fact that your tongue gets coated with food throughout the day. Okay, then you go to bed after brushing your teeth, maybe not doing anything about your tongue, and the toxins build and build and build. What that eventually leads to is because of that coating, you're not tasting your food. 
well. Mm-hmm. When you don't taste your food well, your stomach doesn't create the enzymes as well as your brain isn't triggered when you've eaten enough because you're not getting nutrition or satisfaction from your food. You're tasting 60, 70% of the entire wholesomeness of it. So here is an example of toxins causing you to overeat, to eat stuff that is excessively spicy or excessively oily because you're not deriving joy from your food, because you're not tasting it properly, and eventually leading to elevated sugar, elevated cholesterol, excess weight you might not need to be carrying. With one simple thing, the idea of tongue scraping, you can bring to life, you can kill not just bad breath, but also so many things down the line. And it's it's made of copper, right? Which kills bacteria. So when you're scraping, you're actually really cleaning the tongue. And it is very powerful for also balancing the electromagnetic forces. One of the reasons we also love it in skincare is because it really helps balance skin and, you know, sort of like all the charges, for lack of a better word, that we carry throughout the day. And it can have a um, have an impact on mitigating all that. So copper is a beloved element in Ayurveda. We also store water overnight to drink from it because it's just great in your system overall. I know from a Chinese medicine perspective, the what the ama, a lot of that is, you know, from a Chinese medicine perspective, if you have like poor digestion and you're not like assimilating your nutrients, it's like you're going to get that really thick coat on your tongue because it's not going down the other way, you know, through your stool and your urine. It's kind of coming out, as you said, like toxins. So by scraping it, you know, you're cleaning and ridding your body of those toxins. And then what about the um, oil pulling? That is something that actually goes deeper than one would think it would. The whole system of the body is integrated and the digestive tract is integrated with all of the mouth systems. So first and foremost, oil pulling kills a lot of bad breath and other bacteria that brushing alone or uh, mouthwashes do not get to. Uh, oil pulling has been studied extensively, both in dental hygiene as well as uh, overall toxin management, and shown to be very, very profound and powerful. Oil pulling has many, many benefits, starting first with the clear one, which is fresher breath and gum and tooth preservation over time. So the Oil emulsifies when you actually, uh, you know, it mixes with the saliva as you pull and you swirl it around in your mouth and penetrates very, very deep corners of the gum, as well as sort of like the area surrounding roots of the tooth. So over time, what you find is it is healing maintaining and prolonging entire gum and tooth health, which is going to serve you well for the rest of your life. Yeah, which is so important. And there's so many doctors out there that I know that are functional medicine doctors that say, the first thing that I do when I treat a patient is look at their gum and their mouth health, because the root cause of so many diseases start in the mouth. 
So it is so important to do the oil pulling. It's just like you said, it's going to help prevent any like diseases or disharmonies or imbalances down the line. And you know what? Another piece of wild but cool research that is emerging, and a lot of dermatologists are quoting uh, the studies, oil pulling can help with acne. Oh, really? Yes. There, there is that much of an impact of... Uh, of mouth bacteria, that there is a, a now well-established link between uh, oil pulling and clarity of the skin. And the entire body is interconnected. Uh, right. So it's not altogether surprising, but when put in scientific journals and studied thusly, it is, it is very profound. So it just goes on to sh- show how oil pulling is drawing things out of your esophagus. It is drawing all sorts of bacteria out. It's massaging the gums. It's massaging your face muscles. And it's just a beautiful way of keeping things at bay. It does have clove and turmeric, which is our personal sort of uh, formula around uh, freshening breath, but also killing bacteria and inflammation in the gums and the tongue brings in peppermint and neem in india in ayurveda we actually chew neem twigs as a way Mm. to keep health healthy gums and teeth so we brought all of that uh, to bear and all of that wisdom to bear in the oil pulling treatment. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it just tastes so good. And the herbal like sense of it are just, I love it. It is absolutely amazing. And so, so t- then now we've gone to the mouth and then the two other items are the body brush and the self massage oil. So the second system of toxins that we don't think about is lymphatic drainage. Uh, Our lymph is such a vital part of keeping the body healthy, but both understudied and often ignored. Many of us, you know, if you cut, you bleed. You you know, your lymph isn't flowing out, which is why it becomes ignored and misunderstood. It's a It's a system of liquid that flows just under the skin and that actually gets rid of uh, bacteria, toxins, promoting immunity in the body. But because of our lifestyles, food and emotional habits, we are accumulating them at a faster pace that lymph systems can actually get rid of them. We're often sedentary in front of our computers. We don't practice emotional detoxing by saying what we feel. We're often pissed off at a coworker or at a family member, but in the American way, never really voice it out to those people. So it starts to now create more toxins in the body. Dry brushing is a quick but very great way to get the lymph jogging through the body and actually getting rid of what it doesn't need. Mm-hmm. Lymph- uh, uh, dry brushing is not about trying to get into the muscle and break fat up. It's about quick brushes of moving the lymph, which lives under the skin, upward back to its drainage centers. And that simple act can not only move lymph, but also gives the body this beautiful exfoliation that further creates some micro tears 
forcing the body to heal its skin, get rid of dryness. And when you pair that with something beautiful, like the concept of a self-massage, created with strengthening oils and adaptogens like ashwagandha, it can really supercharge the body's ability to heal itself and need so much less in uh, in uh, curing because now you're truly preventing the onset of skin issues as well as immunity related issues because you are detoxifying and you're massaging, strengthening. Your body becomes sort of like its own first defense system against so much stuff that we are throwing, you know, into our body to take care of when it's not really needed, when the body is capable of so much. Yeah. And what I love about all of these products is that, you know, I feel like in, you know, our culture here in the United States, we're taught that, you know, anything that's wrong, like go to the doctor usually and get a pill or we're not really taught a lot about lifestyle. And the things I love about these products is that these are things that you could do at home. You buy them one time and you can be your own doctor and, and prevent um, like congestion, lymphatic congestion, like cleaning your oral mouth. These are things that you can do as a daily ritual to connect with yourself and take mindful time to like, you know, when you're brushing your body to like love, you know, with loving kindness and like showing that to your physical body and, you know, taking the massage oil and just like massaging your legs or your feet or your pressure points and just taking that time to really connect with your body. And I think that's so important in our overall health and wellness. So I'm so grateful to be partnering with you and offering your items at Urban Remedy and for all of your knowledge and and wisdom. And and lastly, are there any other tips on using the self-massage oil? You know, I think it overarchingly goes back to self-care rituals and you know, also extends, I like to think, to our dry brushing and uh, oil pulling, that we have tried to make these rituals very pleasurable. Mm-hmm. That as you do them, you'll find an indulgent and an indulgence and gratification that will want make you want to do them more and find the time to do them in your daily basis. You know, this might be my personal thing, but I don't need to be reminded to have a glass of wine, you know, at the end of a day or with a meal um, because I enjoy it. It's, (laughs) and I, I, you know, I say something provocative for effect because the more you think about making rituals pleasurable, the more you're likely to do them. And that's how self-care becomes this beautiful extension of health, well-being, and a prolonged healthy life. And I encourage people to take pleasure in those things and find the aromatics. You know, you find yourself massaging your self-massage oil at night as you sort of like get ready for the evening, guess what? You will feel like a million bucks as you get to bed. You will have the best night of sleep. You know, tomorrow you won't think of this as something you need to do. You will want to do it. You'll get that gratification when you sort of scrape your tongue and you're like, oh my God, now all this gunk is not on me. It's outside me. Ooh, my coffee tastes so good. My green juice is amazing. Wow, this is what turmeric tastes like these are things that can 
elevates the quality of life you live every day. And that's how I believe healthy processes are formed by responding to your what your body enjoys naturally and giving it soul food like this can really make all these practices just a part and parcel of a very healthy, meaningful life. Exactly. I believe in everything you said wholeheartedly. And I think, you know, in this time, it's like people are always staring at their phones or, you know, working or looking at their computers or watching TV. And those are all things that really disconnect ourselves from our bodies, which are so important. And what I found is, you know, after I get my son to sleep, if I I lie in bed and I'm like, I'm putting my phone down And I could take the self-massage oil, you know, and slowly rub my arms and rub my fingers and my chest. And it's like my body craves that now because it's a time where I'm mindfully connecting and loving my physical body. And I found this ritual before I go to bed, you know, and sometimes I'll do some gratitude or feel some gratitude and, you know, thank my body. Wow, you got me through this day. Thank you so much, heart, for being open. Thank you so much my arms for being able to like carry whatever I had to carry today. And just having that connection to your body is is so important. And and like you said earlier, it's one of the things that we've forgotten. So thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. I loved everything that you said, and I hope everybody tries your products. And if they have any questions, let us know. And we will definitely put a link to your website. And again, I'm just really grateful for the amazing work you've done. And thank you so much for connecting with us today. Anika, thank you likewise for not just bringing our products, but the entire Ayurvedic philosophy, which is for everyone to share in, to learn from, and hopefully lead a much higher quality of life, even beyond the products and being such an amazing and knowledge-filled vehicle for us to partner with. So thank you. We are Uh, honored and heartened and eternally grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us at the You Are Love podcast. For more episodes just like this, please subscribe. This is Nika and I'm wishing you a beautiful day.